2: good morning everybody welcome to this friday edition of benzinga's pre-market prep spencer israel joel conan dennis dick with you this morning i'm making it through my first week back at the home office so again i apologize for any and all gremlins they're pretty much all my fault okay as far as today's show got a really big one for you today we've got Uh, by the dip happening overnight we've got earnings we've got uh, electric vehicle updates we've got uh, a lot going on 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 the news front we've got the Mnuchin fighting with the Fed we've got California going back into lockdown a lot of news here I'm really excited though uh, for the the end of our show Uh, Jason Rasnick will join us and I think I think he's going to be joined by Josh Brown You, you probably know Josh Brown he's uh, runs the popular blog, The Reform Broker. He's the CEO of Ritholtz Wealth Management. He's on CNBC very frequently. I think I've heard that Josh is going to join us today for the last few minutes of the show. So it'll be, it'll be Jason and Josh. But before we get to them, we got a lot to get to. As I mentioned, a lot of news on our radar. Before I throw it to Joel, hit that like button,
4: hit that subscribe button. And now, Joel, tell us, how are we doing here overnight? By the dip, Spencer. And uh, this dip, we'll discuss it more in detail with Triple D when he comes on. Uh, pre-market low, 35.44. We hit that overnight. We came all the way back and kissed yesterday's high. 82.75, 82.50 stands as the high of the session. Uh, crude. Uh, that took a little dip, but buy the dip in that as well. Crude up twelve cents at forty-two oh two. Uh, gold trying to get some green back this week. Up four twenty at eighteen sixty-five seventy. Silver that's in the green too, by almost twenty cents at twenty-four twenty-five. And Bitcoin, I guess to buy the dip into the middle seventeen hundred handle would have worked. Up one hundred seventy dollars at eighteen thousand. Two hundred and sixty five triple D. uh, I know things were a little bit slow this week, but uh, last night you must add some fireworks between four thirty and six, at least looking at the the spy and the S&Ps
3: by the deaf wins again. I mean, it doesn't matter the headline. It doesn't matter the fear of the virus. Buy the dip. We fall 35 S&P points overnight and we get them all back, Joel. I mean, this is just the way this market works. Stocks only go up. I'm starting to really believe it. I'm starting to believe it that stocks only go up. I mean, it looked ugly for the reopening stocks last night. Multiple headlines, Spencer, if you want to give those to us. One breaking at 4.30, another bad one from California at about 5.15. And they started slamming the reopening stocks. And that's what brought the uh, S&P down 33 points, I believe, at the low. Yep. And we've come all the way back. So what were those two headlines? Yeah,
2: I mean, we kind of already mentioned them here, but California is is going back into uh, essentially they're reimposing uh, various lockdowns, which, again, not a surprise. It's been happening all over the country. It started with Illinois as far back as like two weeks ago, I think, or even more. But we've seen them across the country. California, the latest domino to fall in the uh, re-lockdown um, trend. And then what I thought was more interesting was this headline out at 4.30 that Steve Mnuchin and, and the Department of Treasury are basically ending, they're allowing a number of uh, of of uh, lending programs to expire at the end of the year in direct contrast with what Jerome Powell has previous, and other Fed governors have said. They've argued that these lending programs, even though they're not, that widely used. The existence of them is, is critical and they've argued that these lending programs need to be extended. Mnuchin is ending them at the end of the year. Is it the biggest deal in the world? Probably not because as I forget who said it, I, somebody said it, someone at the Fed said, we can always just restart the programs, which is true. Uh, but the fact that they're essentially ending one or several of the emergency backstops that the Fed put in there uh, back back in March and April, uh, I thought that was more interesting to me than the, than California, which was no surprise, right uh, but this this was a surprise to me. So again, you got California going back into lockdown you've got mm-hmm. the Treasury Department ending a number of uh, lending programs that it, with their usefulness was their existence, right So whether mm-hmm. or not they were used is almost irrelevant because the fact that they were there is 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 the vote of confidence that the market needed. So lending programs ending some of them, and that's what caught my eye. Those two things are our, our drivers overnight, I think.
3: Okay, two things to this and why we bounce back is, one, this market doesn't really care about lockdowns right now because we're looking ahead of the vaccine. It's like, okay, well, if we have to go through a 30-day you know, or you know, two-month lockdown, we've got the vaccine coming. So the light is shining brightly at the end of the tunnel. And that is what the market is looking at. And that's why the reopening stocks, every time they sell off a little bit, money managers are scooping them up because they're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. That's why I was scooping up reopening stocks on that other dip. I've sold a lot of them, kept some NCLH, but I'm thinking about rebuying and reloading in some of these too, because I do see the light at the end of the tunnel too. Secondly, even though you know the Fed might you know slow down the printing press indirectly here, we know the Fed's got this markets back. Um, maybe it's going to be different when Biden gets in. But still, you still got the Fed, and you're still going to probably have um, the same chairman there. And we know every time the market dips significantly, the Fed will pull out some bullets and, you know, to do whatever they can to prop the market back up. So and then the third thing is, where do you go? I mean, interest rates are so low. So where do you go, you know, with your money? So that's always been the problem for years, which is what continues to obviously inflate stocks to valuations we haven't seen for a long time. So Moral of the story, buy the dip. I mean, I, I think I, you continue to do it. And I think you're doing it now on reopening stocks, which I was not doing before. I was only buying the dip on tech stocks. I'm now doing it on the reopening stocks because you know what? I see the light at the end of the tunnel too.
4: Yeah, that's a that's a just peculiar timing on that, that Fed announcement, right? Or, you know, going into the end of the year. I think um, – Another thing that you didn't uh, mention, Spencer, and I don't know exactly what time this came out, uh, but you know we all know the uh, the election's not over, right? And Trump made a pretty bold move yesterday uh, to try and block uh, the Wayne County vote um, a couple of Republican senators. So I don't, do you know what time that came out, Spencer? Because I uh, think the, yes, that was yesterday pre-market the day. Yeah, that was pretty. That
2: was yesterday morning. the The, the Michigan Wayne County situation is is not over yet. Um, Correct. But that's been going back and forth really since, since Tuesday. But the the news that you're referring to, the second reversal, came yesterday earlier, earlier morning or late Wednesday night. Um, so that that was out there already.
4: Yeah. Okay. So I'm just, the only reason I'm saying that is that the mic. Is- market likes certainty and you know with these kind of things going on i
3: completely disagree there's no way they're reversing this now i think the election is over um there's you know you can have giuliani saying that there's still a path to victory all you want and sweating while he says it but i mean this is over so i think the market has priced it to be over this is why the dips keep getting bought is in my opinion is this market doesn't like uncertainty and it's pretty much got the certainty that biden is going forward i don't totally get it because i think biden is not going to be as friendly to wall street so i don't totally get you know why we would rally significantly i get why solar would rally and i get why you know maybe some of your pot stocks in the u.s would rally but i don't totally understand why a market would rally on a certainty of a biden victory but it just wants certainty i i just think it, you know, we're, we're, the market's comfortable and, and it's sick to a certain extent, but it's comfortable with a thousand people dying a day. It's probably comfortable if we go up to two thousand people dying a day, and it's comfortable because it thinks the vaccine's coming out. And I think that you're coming into seasonality, November, December. I don't want to be short stocks. I think ugly, you're going to get I some. Got... Are you going to get some ugly headlines like we did last night? We had an ugly, you know, headline from California last night. This was the the other headline that Spencer was talking about. And what happens? You know, the market proves once again that it doesn't care. We saw 33 handles of people who are selling it on the headline saying, oh, this is going to hit the market last night, are down significant amounts of money here this morning because we come right back. And I just think with everything the way it's been, what derails this market from moving up and making new all-time highs when you've got the best month for the market coming up in December you know is it going to be the fact that we're going to lock down during you know Christmas season I mean that's kind of a scary thought but there's been scary thoughts all over the place the market just shrugs it off so I'm not fighting the tape I mean I, I, I'm not I, I could you know paint you a very bearish thesis here where a lot of people are going to <laughs> but die doesn't, but the market doesn't care It doesn't work so I'm just going with the flow. I'm pretty much fully invested to where I want to be. Yep. And I keep buying the Momo names um, you know, on dips and I and it's been working. Like Nikola, you know, the only EV stock that hadn't went. I was like, do I like Nikola long term? No, but I mean, doesn't matter. It's a it's an E V stock that hadn't gone yet and they're all going. So and you know, I'm up 20% in two days because just just because it's an EV stock. And I'm not selling it yet because I think the EV party is still continuing. I mean, these things
4: have gone crazy again. Spencer, you want to go with that? uh, that Yeah,
2: Nicola was interesting. (laughs) I was surprised to see you trade the way it did yesterday. Only because Mary uh, Barra was speaking at the Barclays Auto Conference. Right. And she gave a whole bunch of updates about electric vehicles. A lot about the batteries. Right. Talk a lot about the batteries. Uh, Didn't say a thing about Nicola. Not one mention. Of Nikola when she was I don't know how long she spoke for, but you would think yeah. you would think if she was giving an investor update about no. electric vehicles that she would if, if it was going well, she would have mentioned them, would she have not? So I don't know. What's, I, I don't know what's going on there. I have no insight, but I just thought that was odd. Good point. And, and, and it was even odder that the stock closed
3: up yesterday. It, it's all of a sudden got the squeeze going on and people are remembering it they it was forgotten and now it's people are remembering it and they're like oh this is an ev play it's the only reason i bought it what a stupid reason to buy a stock <laughs> you know let's just stop and think about this this is how you know dumb you know this market is i mean i'm looking at it, i was like what ev play hasn't gone because they've all rocket ships i was like i'm looking at nicola there i was like Uh, Nikola hasn't gone and literally two hours later and then I get you know I got lucked out with the headline there but I mean this is just the market it's like okay what hasn't gone let's go look oh this hasn't gone it's probably gonna go lo and behold it goes I mean it's just ridiculously simple right now the market has it it has been simple here for a while it's very like it, it can't really think beyond a headline it can't really think beyond You know, like now it's just vaccine focused. It's like it cannot stop looking at the vaccine. It's got blinders on to people dying, California locking down, Chicago locking down to, you know, all the other problems. got the blinders on and just looking at the vaccine. I mean, and that's, you know, how do you argue with it? I mean, the market is the market and you've got to go with the flow and you have to understand in this market, this is, this is for the last 21 years I've traded. You can have the best thesis in the world and maybe you're right. But if the market deems you wrong, you lose money. So you just got to go with the flow. And the flow is by the dip. And the flow has now moved to buy the dip on the reopening stocks. We saw it with Macy's yesterday. What did we say on the show? I would not be short Macy's. I said, part of me wants to buy it, but I didn't have the guts to do it. And look what happens. By the end of the day, Macy's all of a sudden green. Again, full disclosure, I'm now long Macy's. But um. And that's just in the short-term trading accounts. So um, just- You got to get that,
4: yeah, two highs. You got to get to nine and a quarter. Uh, Thursday's, excuse me, Wednesday's high, 9.26. And then yesterday's high, 9.24. So keep an eye on that. And just for you uh, NKLA traders out there, stopped at a good area yesterday. I think this 2730 area, that was a 2740 was your high. Last month, you hit it again yesterday, pulled back. I don't see anything really between that and 30. So, uh, you know, if you trade in that one, man, get that thing. 27 and a half bid, 28 handle, get a nice move in that. I just wanted to point that out for your NKLA traders.
3: Um, It's got a rating too today, Spencer. What's the rating on NKLA? Really? Oh, uh, John, yeah. Obviously, you get analysts to chase price here. I mean, they can't uh, That's themselves. right.
2: Lube Capital initiating with a buy, giving it a $35 price target.
3: That came out last night. So they're sitting there waiting and they see a move and they're like, okay, now's the time. I mean, they're waiting for momentum to start. The analysts time these ratings. We know Michael Pachter, you know, has talked about, you know, how they do it. You know, they they look and they're looking for setups too. They're not just, so they, they sometimes might even have the report for a few days. They don't just issue it right away. They want to time it correctly too. So, because they don't want to, you know, you do to be buying when everybody sees. That's why when you see these huge down days, you don't see a lot of analysts upgrades happening at that time because they're like, oh, we, we got to make sure the market doesn't go for a significant sell-off because that's really going to knock my rating around. It's like these ratings are trades for these analysts, really. So they're going to time them too. And I don't think it's surprising that you see Nicola have a big move, and all of a sudden you got an analyst saying, oh, hey, this might start going. I better get out here and you know give this buy rating so you know that I can catch this momentum. And that's why when stocks start going, they often continue to go because we talk about analysts chasing price. And they do. And, you know, it's a tough job. They have a tough job. But at the same Very time, tough. yeah, it's a tough job. But at the same time, they're, they're looking and they're technicians as well. So they're not just all fundamental.
4: Uh, Lester Newman read my mind. Uh, what about the, uh, Adam Jonas at Tesla the day after it was added, it showed some strength and, you know, not as great a day as you thought it was going to have. Um, and then boom, the next day he comes out with it and, uh, pushes it to a new all time high.
3: It's an interesting market, Joel. And, you know, to try to logically talk through it, you got to simplify it down to a very low level. Just like I said, blinders are on, looking at the vaccine, reopening stocks are now the play. I think they remain the play here until one of these vaccines comes out. And it's like, oh, you know, if if news comes out and Pfizer says, you know, or somebody dies in the trial or Pfizer all of a sudden says, oh, we found a problem with the vaccine that would change the, the blinders. But right now they're looking at Moderna and they're looking at Pfizer and saying, wow, 95%, I mean, we can get through this. I hope it's right, I really do. I want to get through this. I want to go back to normal. And the market wants to go back to normal too. And that's why the market no longer wants to be short stocks like Boeing, no longer wants to be short stocks like Kohl's. Like Boeing gave you a pullback now. So if you're so inclined, I don't know who's buying the max, but maybe you're looking years down the road here um you know Boeing bounced right off that $200 level so sets up that now you got a level to lean on you're not chasing it because it had the big move and the washout from 223 as long as it holds that 199.90 low you're risking five bucks if you're buying it this morning but you know comes in 202.203 maybe take a shot you know it's all about setups and define risk and now you have a low from yesterday that you can lean on
2: hey um speaking of Pfizer uh, Pfizer and BioNTech oh. announced this morning that they're they're going to submit their emergency youth author use authorization uh, today for to the FDA for their vaccine. So the I guess the plan, according to the release here, I'll read directly from it, which will potentially enable use of the vaccine in high risk populations in the U.S. by the middle to the end of December 2020. So they're submitting their, their their application today for emergency use, which means best case scenario,
3: in two to three
2: weeks, people are ta- are getting the vaccine.
3: I think Joel you know. froze here. There's a funny lines from the chat here too, Joel. Yeah, Joel I is those. frozen.
2: <laughs> Joel is frozen. That's okay. The show must go on here. You show know must go uh, on. Um you know we knew this to to was coming.
3: They said it yesterday that Pfizer was gonna apply here today, but the simple, the simple market that this is, it's like, oh, Pfizer's applying. So they buy Pfizer out. Well, we knew this. This was already on the schedule. They said it yesterday that they were going to do it and its stock goes up anyways. I mean, that's how simple this market. You got to really take it down to like a grade one level. That's how you're going to make money trading this market. It's not d- diving deep and overthinking it. It's basic thinking. This market thinks very basic right now. It's like, oh, it's applying, stock is up the next day. So if you're buying Pfizer yesterday, ahead of the application that you knew they were submitting today, you're making yourself 1.8%. So uh, don't overthink yet. This is the type of market that just gives you easy money, and Pfizer would have been easy money overnight too. Wish I would have did it.
2: Yep. All right, Joel. We obviously lost Joel. He will be back with us whenever he gets back with us. But as we said, the show must go on. Dennis, do you want to go into? I hope we didn't uh, say
3: something to upset him again. <laughs> Anyways, next. can we not? Can we not go there? I gotta go text there? him and say, please come back. He said please, not. and he's good. <laughs>
2: Can we not go there this time? No, we All won't
3: right. go there. We're going we're not going there.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh can we go to some earnings here? There there are some there are some earnings yeah. that, that I want I wanted to hit Fun. on here. Um Intuit workday and uh what was let's start with Intuit here. They had earnings out last night, then we'll, we'll do workday next. Intuit beat, very nice beat on their EPS, 94 cents versus 34. Up oh, Joel's back. Here we go. I got you, get you 94 cents versus a 37 cent estimate sales of 1.32 versus 1.21 billion dollars. So as I said, a beat and a beat for Intuit, uh, for the previous quarter and for the current quarter, they gave guidance, uh, EPS guidance above estimates as well, and they gave some very positive sales growth guidance. So into it, beat, beat, strong guidance. Joel, we're back. You're back. Yeah, have-
4: I don't know. Did you send those gremlins over to my house? Because uh, I'm not Maybe. sure what happened there, but. Uh- Maybe. Yeah, just talking into it. Uh, Triple yeah. D, did you get down and dirty on it while I readjust my charts? No,
3: I didn't trade into it. It's a tough. This is a tough chart too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had very tough. The, you had you caught a few people yesterday. It sold off right hard in the morning, and then they decided to rip. Um, really, all of tech, you know, started to bounce back after that initial sell off. I mean, Twilio, um, was was weak right off the hop, and then they bought Twilio up twenty points from the lows. Um, you know, obviously into a Twilio, not the same company, but you know, it's all in. You know, Momentum tech. So it kind of is, at least in this market. INTU, it's hanging out here. It can't really decide if it likes the report or doesn't like the report. It's going to be about rotation. So the the individual report isn't going to matter as much as what happens with the rotation after 9.30. Remember, we also have option expiration here today. So you often see on the third Friday of the month some wicked turns in the market. So do we just start piling back into the reopening stocks or do they get spooked with what happened with California? That's probably to be determined after 9.30 here today. But watch the rotation in the first 10 minutes because if they start buying those reopening stocks, they will start hitting tech. And you know, we've seen this very clearly that there's right now an inverse relationship between the reopening and the stay at home stocks. Intuit is kind of classified in the stay at home category here. Um, so I'm looking at rotation more to try to trade the stock.
4: Tough chart, too. Uh, if, if you would have asked me in the number, I would have said, Hey, people are stuck between you know 360 and then that all time high that was made at uh uh it what, what was the all-time high I made a few days ago at in the 370 377 and, yeah so but i would just right now it's still early it's it's only down four cents the close is obviously important but i think if you're trading into it if you're looking for more upside you got to take out yesterday's high sixty three thirty nine. and i think even if you do i th- you know it uh, much depends on the rotation, but I just think some people they're stuck here, so I just don't see us going right back up to if three seventy seven. So keep an eye on yesterday's high. Now, if you can't take out sixty three thirty nine, I expect it to roll over and give a little bit back. Maybe not get down to yesterday's low, but three sixty three thirty nine. That's my level for into it.
3: What about work day?
2: Yeah, workday same story. Big EPS beat, big sales beat, and good uh, subscription e- guidance subscription guidance for the fiscal year above estimate, so good and report again down. for work.
4: it's down
3: it, it's tech again right now this there's still an overall theme of rotation again think about the blinders when you're going to buy a tech stock right now think about the blinders they're looking at the vaccine they're looking at the vaccine so what does that mean it means they're not that interested in tech right now The market is not that interested until that story changes and the vaccine doesn't look as hopeful and i don't hope that's not going to be the case but if that happens then they'll start to just pile back into tech but right now they got the blinders on and they're looking at the vaccine and that's not good news for stocks like workday so it reverses on a good report for the simple reason there's profit takers in tech here now so you get that pop back up near the highs where we got to back in august they're like i'll take that You know, I'm getting, you know, right out near the high from August, um, and they're looking to book profits. So, you know, you get significant pullbacks in tech, there's always buy the dip mentality in tech. So I would say, you know, you get down to 210, probably 215 workday, probably just gets bought again. But just think about, I don't want to be buying rips on earnings reports right now. You're not going to get the follow through. And the fade trade has worked so well in the last couple of months. So fading all moves, even in the reopening stocks have been fading moves, and that's been working well. Uh, don't chase when you're buying them up 16 points on a report. You're probably on the wrong side of the trade. And those people
4: were last night. A huge area here, uh, which will determine the next direction for workday. Three lows in a row, and I'm going to call it 1850 right there. That's a triple bottom. Haven't gotten there yet in a pre market. Someone that has a little interest here at 222, but that's what I would keep an eye on. Three lows in the same area. If you hit it the first time, you may get a bounce. If, in fact, that area doesn't hold, this thing could easily see 210 today. So keep an eye, circle 218.50 for work day today. And if you get uh, anywhere, you got yesterday's low. You are opening yesterday's low. Uh, But if you want a, a target on the upside, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that close of 230.80. I,
2: I want to just make a quick correction that workday guidance was actually a smidge on the light side. Thank okay. you very much. Okay. Thank, you, much. Thank, Thank you, you, Spinner, for that correction. Um, Wanna go this is this is a way for this is a subject change, but you wanna to go to Foot Locker? They reported yep. a few minutes ago. I guess now it was a couple hours ago. But um six forty five this morning they're out. Foot Locker beat in the third quarter. Their EPS buck for first sixty two cents, sales two point one versus one point nine billion dollars. So a very nice beat for Foot Locker in the third quarter. I have not looked at the chart, I have no idea of what the stock. stock is doing this morning.
3: Tough stock because it's not a clear cut reopening play. Because Foot Locker had actually been doing okay because people are going outside doing more things. I know they're in stores, but they have an online presence as well. It wasn't as it's not as clear cut like a re like a pure like Coles Macy's. So it, it actually has been performing. So you've got a stock and, you know, it's been this leaders to laggards rally, too. And Foot Locker has definitely been a leader in the last three months. It's went from 25 bucks up to 41. So a lot of good news priced in there. Again, the report was pretty good, though. I'd say I don't like the after hours action so far, if you're bullish, because it's tried twice to rally and failed both times. So you definitely don't want to see this thing go red. Um, But it's tough. This is a tough call.
4: Yeah, I don't think you're going to get a look at that uh, that pre-market after hours or pre- pre-mar- pre-market high at uh, 4418 hit that and then it got up to 4413 again now you're a buck 80 off that so I think you're going to have to pick an intermediate level if you want to sell this could get to 44 but just the way it looks now a little bit heavy I might even set my targets at 43 because you even haven't been I mean the high of the move yesterday which was yesterday 41.51. So, boom, I'd look at that as a uh, potential support and just throw some throw some numbers out there ahead of 44. I don't think it's getting there. And
3: then also, if you want to do Hibbit, Hibbit. Yeah. Oh,
4: hibbit. yeah. How'd that do?
3: Yeah. I was going to
2: go. That was kind of the only other one, the only retail, uh, the other uh, earnings report. On You know right who liked
4: here. this stock a long time ago?
2: Yeah. Spinner already beat you to it. I knew, I know, it it- enlighten us, Joel.
3: Enlighten the ref. The ref. Yeah. The
2: ref. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He is rever-
3: buying this down like he'd, he'd been. He buys all the reverend doesn't change his opinion. <laughs> he goes and he starts buying at 20. It goes to 15. He buys more and he goes down to 10. He buys even more. He just keeps buying and buying and buying. You know what? It worked in this one. Oh, <laughs> real, did it ever work? So, Rav, let's get the rev back on. Uh, I, I don't know oh, about his that. Uh, issues with reverend. So, okay.
2: Yeah. um there's some SEC things going
3: on there. Uh, so, maybe I, the I, I'd rather not. Soon. But he was right on Hibbit.
4: He, won, you it know what he was laying that right on Legan too. He's, he's but let's not talk cars. about it. All right,
2: yeah, let's okay. not talk about it. HIBB the Q3 adjusted EPS was a buck forty-five. It was thirty-two cents a year ago. Wow. Sales of three hundred thirty million versus two eighty-six million, so beat on that number as well. They gave uh, Q4 EPS guidance. They gave a range of a dollar to a dollar and ten cents for a sixty-cent estimate. Comps in the high single digit to low. Double-digit range again. That's Q4 guidance there. Q3 comps so on 21%. Jeez. This...
3: Uh, these are all really tough. This is a t- clearly I... up, but this, these are tough charts today. You've been I like know. Four in a row. It's like I don't, I don't really want to make a position on any of these. And you don't just to swing at every pitch. You know, even when we're making calls, somebody throws you a ticker. It's like I right, pass. I'm gonna I pass know, on this one. This one's this one's a curveball, man. Slider. Yeah. You know, it looks like it's gonna go in this. This doesn't even look like this. Looks like it's just outside. This wasn't even like a slider. This is like pitched. Limber looked like it was even near the strike zone, so I'm not swinging at
4: it. Oh, and two count, and they just not they Rob to Deere. Get, Yeah, they tried to get you to go for something out outside.
3: Yeah, oh uh, you know, yeah, Rob Deer swings at that every single time. The thing's ro- like, like literally, like it's like going to be a wild pitch, and he's swinging at it.
4: So Rob Deer reference. Who else makes Rob Deer reference? And then Prince
3: um, swung at a lot of stuff too. Who
4: man. was the uh, the wrestler that we used to do though? Woo. Who is that? Ric
3: Flair. Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Come on. Ric Flair. I about him. Yeah, we gotta get Rick Ric We gotta get Rick Flair on the show. We need uh, to get Mike Tyson on the show too. Yeah, Mike Tyson's gonna have another fight coming up.
4: Really? That's not, that's not yeah, he's fighting. I think it's the twenty-eighth. Wow. You went from fifty-six uh, 56- To basically, I don't know. I just would figure your exact fifty percent retracement because this thing took a, this had a nice haircut coming into the report. I don't know why I went from fifty-five to thirty-six, but you just got to look at you know mid-range on there and see if uh, see if it looks like around a little bit above forty-five bucks. So look, figure your fifty percent retracement there. Use that as resistance, but this came off and came off. Man, this I don't know why I got a fifty-five bucks, but here we are working our way back up.
2: Uh, can we just talk Tesla here for a second? Because I sure.
4: always talk, Tesla.
2: It, it closed j- just under they it, it did break 500, but then it, the new it, all time it, high it, it couldn't hold it for the close here. Uh, there's a note that I want to read, uh, sure. to you guys, uh, or just a line. This is from uh, this morning, but he was citing sentiment trader, which is a great follow on Twitter. If you don't know uh, that account, it's at sentiment trader. Uh, okay. This is a fun fact about S&P 500 additions and subtractions and whatever. Uh, Going back to 1979, they looked at every time the S&P added a new stock to the index, they filtered for the largest ones. Uh, What gets interesting is that returns turn south once the stock is actually added to the index, which on average has been around seven trading days after the announcement. By this time, investors have front-run the index in anticipation of all the passive buying that should flood into the stock. So what they're saying is going back uh, to 1979, looking at the largest additions to the index, the stock sells off in the week afterwards.
3: Yeah, that way we know that. Um, this is this is a simple, simple trade too. It's probably gonna rally into the actual edition and the, the time will be, you know, the day or the day or two after to actually short at that time and probably top out and sell off significantly afterwards. I mean, this is this market again, like I said, is very simple. Go back to basic trading one oh one strategies rising stocks, rising above with the catalyst coming and stocks selling off afterwards, sell on news, buy on rumor, sell on news, buy on before the catalyst, sell after the catalyst. I, I think that probably is going to hold with Tesla too. I don't want to be short Tesla right now because you still got wins a day. 21st, you said, I think. Well, we, we, don't, know. we don't know yet. It, the, 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 twi- the, day. the
2: 21st is, is when they're going to add it. But the question is, do they add stuff the week before or do they just add it all right. on the 21st? So we
3: don't know yet. There's so many unknowns here, but I think the only thing I'm comfortable with saying is I think the stock goes higher. So I would buy pullbacks on Tesla, um, if as trades, 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 trades. Don't I probably would sell it the day before? Don't get greedy, maybe the day before. But you, you probably if you bought it here, you probably make money. I mean anything can happen. The market could roll over, and that's why you know I always hedge. So I try to take out the market risk. So if I was buying Tesla, maybe I short twice as much QQQs because Tesla's got a high beta um against it just to try to you know eliminate the market risk out of it but that's just me so a lot of you are only long only traders if you're buying tesla 498 do i think you make money in the next month i do that's just my opinion i think it goes higher uh
4: look at the I, i'm just gonna go i'm not gonna do anything in uh fundamental on this but just look at the monthly down here and just look at look at 500. I mean, it's a big level. I mean, you got up, you got above it yesterday. You got to 508.61. Have you posted a close over 500 here? Nope, 499.27. So I think to get that next leg, 515, 520, you know, let's, I mean, that's a monthly chart there. So when's the last time month, you know, you've had three monthly highs in, well, you don't know what, we still got a little time left in the month, but, you know, if you're buying this right here, I wouldn't, like, risk down, I mean, to 360 or, or 460 or whatever, that's where it broke out from, but if you're buying it to 500, I, I'd probably, you know, if you want to look at it, risk-reward, and I'm not doing this, I own Tesla. A lot of risk. Yeah, it's a lot, I mean, I wouldn't, like, if, if it was 485, I'd be like, I'm wrong on this, right? You want to see it go to 530, so, the monthlies are saying this is an important area, so we'll let the month finish out, see what where that candle yeah, ends up. I'll go
3: with that, and maybe it, it does. Maybe it, you know, and then in this market, you don't have to chase. It'll probably give you another chance. Maybe there'll be a headline or something. Maybe it'll pull back to 470, 480, and then yep. strike. So always buying the dip is better than buying the rip. You just had a two-day rip in Tesla. I it, it could just continue, but I'm always a fan of buying the dip. You got that dip the second day. After um you know they did the announcement, where you know you obviously had the initial announcement trade up to 462. Well, even that day,
4: you had the dip. On, on yeah. that day,
3: yeah. it pulled back significantly after making that high to 433. So you got a dip. Now it's just had a straight up run from like 440 to 4 400, to 560 points in two days, really with no dips. So I'd wait for a dip, but I think it still goes higher.
4: All right, S&Ps have backed off uh, the pre-market high, not much, 82.50, 82.75, which yesterday's high. So we have a clear target on the upside. I also have a weekly number coming in just above that. So uh, I mentioned yesterday, you know, Fridays, you know, you get the extremes, close on the high and keep on going on Sunday night or close on the low and keep on going. But that doesn't look like the scenario so far here as of uh, 8.35 Eastern Standard Time.
2: Do you guys want to talk about Gilead or no? The WHO sure. advised. Uh, the Stock guys
4: loves uh, to hate. Yeah. Huh. Uh,
2: well, that's why you know we don't have to. But the WHO advised against using Remdesivir in all hospitalized patients, despite the fact that the FDA has approved. So it, many conflicts. Right. So I don't know who to, I don't know who to believe here.
3: But <laughs> just as it wasn't, you know, even when we were thinking Gilead was the savior drug, and they kept selling the rallies, am I selling the dip on Gilead because the who don't? believe in rim disavir. i don't believe in gilead just period so i'm probably not buying the dip because i just hate the stock but i i think you know a buck's probably fair i don't think this is going to roll over and lose four or five dollars because the who you know is saying that they the rim, rim disavere doesn't work um if anything it's been a leaders to laggards rally if anything i'd probably buy the dip on gilead but i just hate the stock and i hate the company so that's why i'm not buying the dip but I think if, you, if you're if you looking at buying the dip or selling the dip, I'm always leaning to buy the dip, even in Gilead, the dog of all <laughs> dogs, the dog of the pharmaceutical companies. It's it, like the it, worst it, pharmaceutical it, company ever.
1: You <laughs> it seems about like it
3: anyways. Five years, five year, $120 back in 2015. It's half of that
1: in 2016. So five years
3: that. later, the stock has been halved. We know biotech in the last five years has not actually been a great place to be. But there's still overall, if you look at the XBI,
4: it's up. So Biogen and Gilead, two doubts. Yeah. Uh, uh, come on, Trent. This is a pretty steep down trend line. There you go. Well, it's it off. might be but... due
3: for a little short squeeze. You know,
4: when you were talking about I this. I could get sh-
3: talked into buying it just for the fact that I think a lot of people are selling it today, and I think they're wrong
4: uh and also remember you talked about this one like whoo when this puppy goes through 60 you know the it's going to 50 yeah and it goes to 58 and just bounces you know yeah. and uh so dividend it, protection exactly exactly a little bit of dividend but that's a pretty i'm sure you get y'all can build uh, a better steep downtrend line than that but uh if it busts out of that but and it just no you know the, the news flow hasn't been good since that thing popped up to seventy-five, eighty on the rim. Dissevere, they need something, and they bought some companies. Do they have anything else in the in the in the pipeline? I mean, that's that's what's going to move this thing, right? Dennis is a, a new drug. It,
3: I know it's tough. It's, it's been a, like a growth. They just can't find the growth, and they've tried. You know, they've they tried bought to a couple they places have. too. A couple times, they've been trying to buy growth. They're trying to figure it out, but it's like the IBM of the bio of the biotech world. So we know the IBM has been trying to do the same thing in the tech world. They can't figure it out on their own, so they're trying to buy growth and they buy Red Hat. They're trying different things. Well, it's still hated, and even IBM every time it shows some life and think about you know oh we're gonna do some financial engineering here back in October and we're gonna I don't even remember what it was back then they pop the thing for one thirty five. spin something off yeah it took four days to give it all back so it it uh, Gilead. IBM, they're all kind of the same. They just hate it. I don't know what turns them around, but I don't see the catalyst to really, you know, just all of a sudden turn them around. So other than, you know, maybe they're just, you know, so oversold that they're due for a bounce, but hard to get on board just because of that.
4: And I think they've been doing yeah, some I, commercials. Can I ask?
3: They? A... Go ahead, Sebastian. can ask anything you want to run the show.
4: I have
2: a trivia question. I have a, a trivia question. question. Do either of you remember the four horsemen of biotech?
3: I asked this question a while ago. I do.
2: You, you remember the
3: four horsemen of, of biotech? I'll give you. We'll go one. I'll, I'll give you the first one. Dell. No, no, no. Of biotech. Oh, a biotech. Oh, a biotech. Well, I would say. Mem- remember Biogen this? Biogen for sure. Yeah, that's one of them. Thalgene. Yep, they're off the board now. But that was one of them. Yeah, Bristol. Bristol Myers. Um. I'll, I'll throw one in there. Grabbed them. What? What yeah. do you got? Amgen. Uh, that's that's one yeah, of them. I was yeah. gonna say Amgen. Who's the fourth though? It was Gilead. Oh yeah, Ooh. obviously it was Gilead. Those yeah. four horsemen didn't really do that great. No, whenever they, they, well, think about it. the only one that I guess Amgen's done the best of the four horsemen. But Celgene got bought out, but it was way low. It, it went down. I I own Celgene. I was so mad. It was like one forty-five, and then it got bought out at like ninety. So and oh yeah, that was, was the gone. stock I
4: was thinking of that you did you averaged downed in that one didn't you yeah i know what you i did
3: no i averaged up i was like never average up up. i had i had salgene at like 25 bucks and then i bought more at like 100 so i thought i was gonna continue to go and i brought my cost base up to like 60 and i was like holy crap and then it went down to 60 and i was like how did i just turn like a 400 percent winner into a loser well i averaged up so i guess you don't want to average up
2: We oh, got Raz. Jason sneaking in here.
3: Jason is in our office. I don't. I didn't know that was allowed,
2: but I guess he's the boss. He can do whatever he wants. Jason Raz, because the wow, founder he's the CEO. Man. Why Paul was that,
5: Why wouldn't that be allowed? Nothing. They didn't change any of the rules. The gov- They just said if you can stay at home, you should stay home. It's the same thing that's been for the last three months. Oh, nothing changed. So can you, I can you can go, go back, back
3: into the office. Can I go back in? And you know you yeah. won't up COVID from Raz. He's already had it, so he's I know. To and, you. And,
5: and and Dennis, our office fit like sixty-five people, and there's three people here. Me. Luke and uh, Randy, and then my daughter and her friend. Because well, tonight is to a tick. Tonight is a TikTok night. We have the TikTok celebrities: Josh Griffin, Bryce Hall, and Griffin Johnson doing a call with us here at eight o'clock. It's a whole thing. Wow. And Dennis, you're you're growing a beard, but okay, you're uh, that's just
3: uh, trading too much and not well, taking care of I personal do,
5: hygiene. <laughs> I do got wait. I do got to say something, guys. So Uh-oh. if we could if we could play the clip from two weeks ago. Oh, Remember, no. we me you and Joel we talked about. Uh, Tesla, you guys were saying, you guys were saying it was dead money that it was just sitting there, not moving. You guys are right. It wasn't, but I was at 390, and I, you know, I bought calls and went long the stock. Yes. The S and P thing. I had no inside info. They're going to announce it. So I got lucky with that. But, um, one of my guys, and here's, here's where I came up with that call. My guy who got me into Tesla way back when, when it was $38, he made a bet with me. Listen to this. He made a bet with me that Tesla would hit 600 by like January or February, but 500 by the end of November. Okay. And we made this bet in September or October, September, end of September, beginning of October. Um, and this was when Tesla was like dead money wasn't moving at all. And so he has never been wrong when it comes to Tesla. He's never been wrong when it comes to Tesla, timing. And so I went with it. And, and so when we were on the show, Joel, like two weeks, you we were like, Jason, I don't like the charge. It's just sitting there. It's, it's not moving. There's no support here. There's nothing. But I went long. I bought, th- I about like, different month calls november calls december calls january calls he's been wrong by like weeks or months so like that but never wrong like within like a four-month period actually
4: I, it was in a consolidation period and we talked about stocks resolve consolidations either the upside or the downside so that's yeah, not that's there and did nothing for two stuff. months so yeah, definitely
5: I, the uh, s&p it, no, we're, we're it, on it, board it, now it, dennis dennis it's it, like i'm not like saying you guys are wrong i'm not doing one of those i'm saying. It was not doing anything. I, I made the bet with him, guys, because either way, if it went up, then I was happy to win. I made the bet with him to see how confident he was on that move. And so once I realized how confident he was, I'm like, all right, I'm buying more stock. So I bought more stock. And then for six weeks, it didn't do anything. So I can read you the text messages. I'm like, is the bet still on? Are you still going to here? I mean, it's it's it, this is how confident this guy is. I mean, and I tried to bring on the show, but he really doesn't wait, like media. Wait, quick so question. So here you go.
2: Quick question. This is a different guy than the other bet, right? I just want yes. to
5: clarify. Yeah, yes. <laughs> The other guy's a bearer.
3: This guy's the Tesla Bull. This other guy. Yeah, and this so guy fun. is a very political oh, oh,
5: guy, yeah. too. So um hold on. So here he What does yeah, he, he think
4: he, about all these other EV stocks? You know, the yeah, Neos.
5: I, Joel, that's a great freaking question. I he, he's the guy the reason I didn't get in WKHS because he like didn't know about it. And I just, you know, I, I would ever listen to him, but he, our bet was. Like six hundred, but oh my god, this he this guy can talk. By the way, he just if you get in a conversation, he'll tell you everything you want to <laughs> know. Another, you think I talk a lot, guys? Nope, this guy kills me. Um, but so that's why I got into it when it was doing nothing. You're right; it was in consolidation, it wasn't moving, Dennis. But he was so he was so confident. All right, here I, he goes. Here I wanted go, to stop
3: Ruth. you for a second and then and then and then let you go. But you're doing something correct there. You strike when stocks are in consolidation. You make your opinion. You weren't chasing. I always say. You know, when it's consolidation station, the train hasn't left the station. So place your bets. So you struck at the right time. You're placing your bets when it's in consolidation. You're not chasing it up after 100 points. Because A lot of people, what they do wrong, stock move 100 points. They're like, I got to get on this. This train's moving. And then the train stops or starts going the other way and they get run
5: over. So you did something right.
3: absolutely correct. You were striking when a stock was in consolidation.
5: And I love that. Okay. And I did it because I was listening to him. I said, so the the, the stock was at, um. here we go. So here is the thing. Okay, if you're happy to turn sell it October sixteenth, all right. Is I go? He said Tesla is gonna run. Questions are: When is the S and P five hundred announcement? I actually never read this part, guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when is the S and P five? So this is he said Tesla's gonna hit six hundred. He goes. The questions are: When is Tesla uh, the S and P five hundred announcement? When is the official inclusion? How much money is Tesla raising after Battery Day? So this was before Battery Day. Then Battery Day and whatever it you know didn't have. Um, anything to do, whatever. And then um, he sent me the video of 1999 video with Jeff Bezos, where the 60 minutes did the interview. And it's like, we're about Amazon is dot com. And it was this thing. And he was comparing to that. Wait, and I'll I'll go to the rest of this. But um, I know we have I know we have uh, Josh Brown coming up in a minute, but let me just go. Here you go. Okay, so I go. So what's our bet? He goes, we stay above 375, you know, in August and September, we'll go to 600 by November. And so that was the original bet, and I said, let's bet that. And then um, – so now I moved that to January. If it hits 600, what do I win? If it does not, what do you win? So the, the, this was the d- – the day we made this bet, it was at 375.88. Um, and then that's when I – you know, he's telling me to buy call spreads and look at butterflies and stuff like that. And so and then, he, we went, then he went through the whole reason why it's going to go to 600. And it's um, – you know, and he goes, and just to reiterate, 600 by Thanksgiving, which – it's not going to be six hundred. It'll, it'll be five hundred or whatever, but um, or maybe it can go. Free, came, you never know with this market. <laughs> yeah, they could make a hundred
3: points here in three days. You never know. All right.
0: Yeah.
2: I am going to bring on our guest now. Uh, downtown Josh Brown. Uh, he's the uh, the reformed broker. He's the CEO of Redhole Wealth Management. He's a CNBC contributor, uh, and he's also the author of a new book, which is one of the reasons we want to have him on today. Uh, Josh, you're here. Welcome. What's up, so,
5: Josh, Josh, where's the new book behind you? Like, we need to see the new book. Let's hold it up. Let's dance out there. it. There, it's behind. Yeah. It.
1: You can see it. it's next to it's next to Baby Yoda. Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> your Chinoa you, clock. Yeah. Where's your Chinoa clock? I listen. I Jason, you didn't tell me how good this show was. You guys are awesome. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I. Sh- oh. sh- no, no, no. Because I didn't even know Jason is doing this show, and he's never invited me on before. But You've you, been guys on are like, before.
2: you guys were <laughs> like, you guys are talking about
1: the stuff that like I talk about, like with uh. I, I'm definitely, I'm definitely listening to this from now on. You yeah. should do some stuff on the Lions too. Yeah. To right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't the think
3: Lions are fun to talk about,
1: Josh. I just <laughs> come on I just come on Fridays at eight forty-five, Josh. This is great, I love this. All right, yeah.
5: So, yeah. so, so first, so first of Josh, all, there's like ten thousand people in the chat room right now, just
1: like talking the stuff as we're on. All right, awesome. So first yeah. of all, show of hands, melt up into year yeah. end or no? Give me the show of hands for the melt up. I gotta be honest. That's what I think. I'm with you, I Josh. Hate- Yo, I hate saying it out loud because if it doesn't happen, you know, but I'm starting to think that way. I don't know.
3: I think so, too. Like I was just saying earlier on the show, I'm like, the market's got like the blinders on right now. And it's just looking at the vaccine blinders. We we lock Chicago down. That's okay. We got the vaccine. We lock California down. That's okay. We got the vaccine. I mean, I'm kind of on the board on these reopening stocks right now. What are your thoughts there?
1: uh, wait press
5: guys hold on press one for melt up press two for not a melt up okay because they can't all raise their hands i'm pushing my one
1: in. i mean i own i own like starbucks simon property group do you still on slack no uh i took an l i took an l on slack a while ago um but i'm in some reopen i'm in some companies that really need there to be a reopening to get back to like they were 2019 numbers, and it might take them two years to do it. But uh, I I just I think about remember when the coronavirus and you guys you guys had it bad like we did at the same time. Right. New York, yeah. um, Detroit, Michigan. So is in Canada, by the way. OK, uh, I, I, I moved way <laughs> far north just to get away from Corona. Canada handled, handled it slightly better than us. But do you remember the first time you heard of someone you knew? That had COVID 19. dude. yes, I like, yeah,
3: it was Jason Rasnick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was actual. It.
3: Somebody close. Like I knew other people, but I was like, my boss. It was my
1: boss. Wait a minute. And Jay and Raznick never shuts the fuck up, so you know he was a super <laughs> spreader. <laughs> he was a super spreader. I <laughs> knew that was coming. I knew, yeah, right. Hey, Josh, real quick before you a, a close right? talker. So okay. anyway, I was gonna ask. The first, So the first couple of people you heard of in your real life, not Tom Hanks, but like people you know that got it, now reverse that. The first person you hear of that you know that gets the vaccine and they're like, yeah, I'm going to the movies. Fuck you. I'll do whatever I want now, right? Like that's, I think, come January, the first people that you know are going to start to say, yeah, I got vaccinated. I feel great. Everything's fine. I'm, I'm going to go live my life now. That's going to, I think. People are starting to think that way. Not everyone, because it's still bad and we're still in danger. But like, that's what I'm starting to plan for.
3: I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think there's going to be, you know, next year we've all been cooped up. I think there's going to be a run like and you were saying this last week too, Jason. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go on a cruise. I get vaccinated. I want to go to Disney World, take my kids to Disney. I want to start doing stuff. I've been cooped up for the last six, seven months. There, there could be a there could be a run on to spend money here. Coming the
5: biggest, up. W- the biggest, wildest Benzinga FinTech awards on the roof of we'll the, you know, the black eyed peas come play, whatever you want. You know, come on. That's what we'll do. So wait, Josh, how the I invest black my eyed mo- peas. I don't know. It's the thing I, only thing I can think of. dude. It's
1: 2020.
5: <laughs> can you get me. Chicken? Let's get, you get it get started. Me smokers? Smokers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Josh, your book, what made you uh, decide to write how I invest my money? And by the way, if you're listening to this show right now, we're going to give two autograph, maybe personalized books from Josh himself. Um, so we're going to do some sort of contest in a minute for that. So don't go away. But Josh, what made you write this book, how I invest my money? Number one seller, number one bestseller. I'm looking at it right now with a little graphic on Amazon. That is badass, man. And Thank if I you. could tell you guys where I met Josh Brown and what he was doing at the time, but I don't know if I want him if he wants me to do that. But I mean, he. Can I say something? What was I doing? What do you mean? You remember? No. I. I mean, okay. I don't well, remember meeting you for the first. No. <laughs> I remember. We were outside. Did of we have the, a meet
1: cute. <laughs> it was
5: it was one of those uh, those uh truck stops you know where <laughs> there's a little hole. No, uh, oh no, 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 no. It was outside <laughs> the, the right. pizza. This Hold on, let me stupid. let me finish. Let me finish. It was outside this pizza place um where they um, we we met there. You just sit in there. You weren't working at the time. You went then you flew to California and met Barry Ritholtz, and you right. like didn't have my. I'm giving this story like. Josh didn't like, didn't come out rich. Like he wasn't like this rich guy, successful guy. He didn't have a Twitter following, nothing. And he went to San Diego with like no money, literally no money, borrowed money from his, well, I don't true. know if I could say this. Wait, or- so did I meet you in, did I meet you in San Diego? No, you met me before we were outside that pizza place. There was a stock Twitch party and you were outside and we were on the bench, just like hanging there talking. That's right. where we met. Well, you, so
1: you and I have friends in common because you went to the university of Michigan, sort of my wife. Yes, yes that's exactly yeah. right. So yep. at the time you and I met, I basically was leaving the retail brokerage business, but I didn't know where to go. Like I knew I wanted to be an investment advisor instead of a, a broker, but I like had no firm to go to. I think I was interviewing at an LPL, but they were yep. like, "You don't have you don't have enough money under management, so we're not interested." Like I was literally that—that's the situation I was in. I was totally broke.
5: But, t- but tell them about what how you know how you had to get money to go. Go ahead, like
1: oh, share a little I, bit. I, of that. I think I, I think I borrowed money from either my dad or my father-in-law. And they were basically like, uh, they were like, you got to go, go out there because this thing that you have going on with the blog is like the only good thing you have happening. So you got to go meet these other financial bloggers and see what's going on. And I met uh, Barry and the rest, the rest is history. Uh, but I, I think-
5: uh, You're just going to skip all over that. Barry had a huge blog at the time. There, Josh is just sitting at the pool. Met this guy. You didn't have a, you know, you didn't have money. Or popped the in, and then all of a sudden, blows up, and now no, you real. got the reform broker. All right, yeah, I'll yeah. stop on that. Okay, what made you
1: write this book? Uh, oh, that's my money. Child support payments, mostly. Huh. No, I listen. I I really didn't plan on writing a book. I wrote a blog post that went viral about how I invest my own money, um, and nobody really in our industry does that. Like nobody, it's, it's amazing. Like when you see somebody like me in the media, I'm always talking about what other people should do. And no one's ever been like, well, what do you do? Like, where's your own money? So I wrote, I wrote a blog post about it. And, uh, a lot of people were like, wow, that's so weird. I've never heard a financial advisor talk about their own portfolio. So Brian Portnoy reached out. He's a great author and behavioral, uh, investor, investing, uh, expert. And he's just like, we got to do this as a book. Um, we're gonna we'll go to like 25 of our friends who are good writers and work in the industry, and we'll get them to be transparent about how they invest. So uh that's what we did. It's not a book like, like how to beat the market or whatever, it's a book about personal finance, it's a book about the 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 idea that there is no right portfolio for everybody. So when you read through these chapters, we have some amazing contributors like Morgan Housel, Christine Benz from uh, Morningstar. Cheryl Penny from Dynasty, um, well-known people in our industry. No two portfolios are alike. And the reason is that they're all investing for different things. Their lives are very different. And so that's what we were trying to do with the book. And it came out really well. So I'm very lucky to have the contributors that I had. Yeah. And now...
5: Spencer, we, we want to figure out we're going to give two. Uh, well, I, well
1: I, I, I had a question I wanted to ask. Did anyone
2: – so you got uh, contributions from 25, I believe, advisors, right? Uh, wh- I guess how did you know that was enough and did anyone reach out and be like, well, why didn't you ask me?
1: <laughs> you know what? We have room to do a volume two. We, we – almost everybody said yes, which I was really surprised. Who said no? Just kidding. I had a couple of people say no for compliance reasons. They wanted to do it. Their firms wouldn't let them which that's look when you have people that work in our industry, they have like strictures. They can't just do whatever they feel like doing. Um, so we had certain people that were like, I would love to do a chapter, but I'm not allowed. All right. It hey, happens. Can
5: I read Spencer a couple of questions from the chat for Josh real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Maybe a little rapid fire. Maybe not yeah. Josh. Uh, one of the questions, Josh, they said, what happened to your show you had on
1: CNBC on Friday evenings or something? Um, we were doing this thing called summer school because uh, Jimmy Kramer was taking long weekends in the summer. And if you see how hard Jimmy works, you, nobody deserves a long weekend that, like, like he does. So he was taking Fridays off. So they had this extra slot where mad money would normally be. So they allowed uh, Frank Holland and I to do a show for young investors where we get to take questions, talk personal finance, talk stocks. And I had so much fun doing it. And I don't know if if uh, if Kramer wants to maybe take Fridays off next summer, I'll come back and do it. But it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed doing it and mixing it up with the kids. And uh, I, I loved it. But the summer the summer ended, I guess, is the answer to that question. Before
4: right. we go to the chat questions, Josh, I have a question for you. We're on with Josh Brown, CNBC contributor, author. Uh, you mentioned something at the top here in Slack that uh, very few people do on Wall Street. And you said you took an L. You took a loss in something. And that's what we talk about a lot on this show. Not only the winners, but taking a loss. Was it something, you know, fundamental? Did something change fundamental? Or is it something technical or just a stop loss being hit? What, what's your trigger on the downside to exit a losing trade?
1: So in the case of Slack, I I don't think I was down much. I bought it right when it came public and it had struggled every single day since. And I think one of the things I didn't count on was how much pressure Microsoft was going to be putting on Slack, almost as though they timed that pressure for the company's IPO. The worst thing that could have happened in Microsoft's eyes was this thing turns into a $40 billion company on the public markets. So, there's another thing, though, that I didn't count on that I, I guess I got wrong. And this applies to all direct listing stocks. The trade-off for a, for a regular way IPO versus a direct listing. So uh, Snowflake is a regular way IPO. Slack, Spotify, there are a handful of others, uh, high-profile companies with direct listings. In an IPO, the insiders have to hold on to their stock. They have a lockup period. And the lockup period expires. Sometimes they stagger it. There are two separate expirations. But employees and executives, they can't just get liquid on day one. They have to hold. And that sometimes can help keep the float small and provide support for the share price in the early going. Company usually has two quarters, three quarters to report results before there are any large blocks for sale from the insiders. Okay. In a direct listing... they basically say, say, okay, here's the trade-off. We're just going to list this right here at this price and everyone's liquid day one. So there was no underwriter, right? So the, the Wall Street banks didn't do any work for them. So they say, well, we could sell whenever we want. We're not obligated. We don't have to make any promises to anyone because they're not going public to raise money. They've already raised the money. They're specifically going public to provide liquidity for people who have already invested. The venture capitalists, The okay. So with Slack, two problems with going public that way. The first is they don't have any champions. If Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs and Bank of America didn't serve as your underwriter and sell this to all their clients, they're not incentivized to come out 30 days after the IPO and give you a strong buy. So Slack never really got that institutional support from the street because they didn't pay anybody enough money. That's the problem. The second problem though, is people were liquid to sell immediately. So I think that that definitely had an impact on the lack of momentum. So I didn't count on those things. Um, It just, it it escaped me how important that they might've been. And then Microsoft really looks at this company coming public and loads up up the, the rifle and just continues firing shots at them, making announcements, making partnerships, They want to just kill this thing in in the cradle. So that's what's gone on with Slack. And after, I guess, two quarters of watching that, I just said, you know what? I'm making so much money in all these other names. It it should not be so hard. I don't want to have a struggling uh, stock. I can always come back to it. So I I took a loss and moved on. And I probably allocated to something that did better. So, Okay.
5: Now, this may get your wife mad at me because I'm going to make your- So don't do it. Well, I'm going to make your ego- <laughs> totally, she's totally watching this, by the way. So she's not. I mean, she should no. start to go to hard to, to go to YouTube slash Benzinga if you watch it. But <laughs> this could get your your head uh, bigger. So di- did you not think there would be as much demand for your important noise words? Your the people in the chat are going crazy. I just tried to order the book. It says I'll read it to you. Adam Blanc
1: ships in one to two months. Can we get expedited shipping from Benzinga? LOL. Um, so don't go by that. It's not real. Let me, let me explain to you what's going on. So the publisher is Harriman house. Very, very, very nice people, British, They know what they're doing. Global publisher, the way they explain it is they print the copies, they hold them in their own warehouse and they have to rely on Amazon to come get them. Not just my book, every book, this is how it works. Amazon, because of the pandemic literally does not have enough people, enough trucks to make all these runs to all these warehouses in a in a timely fashion. They're just as stretched as everybody else. They're hiring 100,000 people this year, Amazon, not just for this, but they are as stretched logistically as they've ever been. So they're putting up this blanket message one to two months, but it literally could be a week. It's just a function of when the Amazon trucks get to Harriman House's warehouse, pick up the books. The books are printed. We did a 10,000 uh, uh, copy first run, and then they just added another 15,000 copies to that, and they're working on printing more. So the books will come sooner than two months, but Amazon doesn't put a specific date anymore because they can't guarantee when the, the books will arrive from the warehouse. So you heard it from the horse's mouth. This is good. They have to come get it. Wait, this is two, good. two quick questions. One, is it on Audible? And two, It'll, where
2: else – where else can they buy the right. book? If not so Amazon?
1: the Audible version comes out very soon. Same thing. They're getting slammed with with all these submissions of audio files to put up on Audible for all these books, but they have quality control at Amazon. Like you can't just record something and then send it to them and say, Post this. They they listen to every single Audible book before they'll allow it to be in the store. But it's ours is very high quality. It'll make it through. We're just waiting for them to vet it on Amazon. But uh, we hired two actors, a male actor and a female actor to read each chapter um, because we have all these contributors. I couldn't read all their. Oh, their OK. Stuff. Wait, now, th- someone, oh, in the gonna ch- be
5: great. someone in the chat just asked us, but I'm going to pretend Joel asked it. Joel wants to know, is there a picture book version?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask because it is a picture book. Do you guys know who Carl Richards is? Yes. No, behavior Gap. OK. Yes,
5: I do. I do the blog. You've seen
1: these drawings before? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Right. So that's so. Check this out. Wait. Every single Wait. chapter has a custom illustration by Carl Richards. Carl Richards yeah. does a column for the New York Times for the last ten years. Yep. Every week, he does one of these. He's been doing these sketches since 2010. And let me show you. So, like, this is this is Cheryl Penny. Um, Cheryl is the founder of Dynasty, which is a platform for RIA firms. He's got like $50 billion on his platform. He's a wildebeest, this guy. So uh, his chapter is about how he's, he thinks about money in terms of buckets, like what he's using the money for. So Carl read every chapter and did a custom illustration for our book. Um, for for So it is a picture book, I guess is, is the right way to put it. And each chapter is like four pages or five pages. So we didn't want to give people like so much on each person. We wanted to give them a lot of different people. So we kept the chapters really short and we have a picture for each one.
5: Okay, all right. You guys don't even know, like we're only on with Josh for a little bit. Josh is, we're going to do like a comedy show with the guy because he can, we do these FinTech awards and he makes fun of me every year. It's my bar mitzvah and he just is quick to rip on and have these things. So, but it's too early for all that. Josh, they want to know, if there's any, I mean, you don't have to give a stock because this is not what it's about, but are there any like companies you're watching right now that um, interest you or is it that reopening plays that you're looking at? And, you know, is it Roost
1: Chris? I don't know. If you don't have one, don't worry about it. Um, ah, I talk about my portfolio all the time. It's so, so the stock that I've been most excited about recently is General Motors, which hometown uh, favorite for you guys. Um, people have been saying it's like a value stock. It's cheap. It's cheap for like 12 years, but I'm not interested in that. I don't want to buy something just because it's cheap because I think markets are pretty efficient. And my attitude is that it's cheap for a reason. There's a, there's a reason nobody wants to be in this stock, but I look for technical breakouts or I look for exhaustion of, of sellers. I look for things that tell me that something may have changed, not something fundamental with the company, But something about the way investors are thinking about the company. So um, I put on some GM about a month ago as the momentum started to get ramped up and it's been breaking out. And I think 43 is the high from late 2017. If you guys remember the economic and market environment in 2017, first of all, stocks went up every single day. US stocks went up every single day, but international stocks too. And we had this meme in the markets that everybody was repeating which was global synchronized recovery or or global synchronized uh, expansion. Um, We had economic growth all over the world in 2017. And that's the environment that a company like GM really needs. And so I think with all the stimulus and now the vaccines and economies reopening all over the world, we could have a similar year in 21 that we did in 17. And this is the type of stock that I think can work not only because of global growth, but because of what they're doing to transform the company. They're going from a combustion engine giant to an electric giant. Um, It looks like they want to get this done like overnight. They keep announcing more and more investment in next generation stuff. So you look at that, you look at the valuation that um, Uber and Lyft have on the open market, and you think about what the potential for cruise might be, and then cruise going into San Francisco uh, this December, um, the first autonomous taxi service in any major city in the country. They're getting this done before Google. They're getting this done before Tesla. And I don't think the share price has gotten enough credit for that. Um, so there's a lot happening at GM uh, that seems to be really exciting. They sold out of the, the first uh, the first run of the Hummers. They're already taking orders for the second run um, so I think the stock's starting to get credit for these things, and I think that's where the momentum comes from. So that's the way I think about like individual stocks um, in my in my portfolio. Dennis, Dennis, what do you say to that?
3: Uh, I've been
1: saying GM and Ford.
3: I've been on this train for a bit. I think it, like I'm all about story. And, you know, I'm like, where is the story going to be? And the story turned and Josh is right. This, the sentiment towards the stock has turned for a reason because this is all of a sudden isn't, you know, just about gas, you know, guzzling trucks or, and cars for, for it as well. This is now an electric car story to a certain extent or being starting to be viewed that way. And if the market starts to view it that way as an EV story and for Ford as well. I think the stocks go higher
1: over the next year. Um, I'm G- I'm on the Ford because I love GM the F-150. spun off. Go ahead, John, if, G- if GM spun off autonomous and electric, like bundled those two, they're not going to because they seem to want to just turn the whole company into that. But if that was a standalone, if Cruise was a standalone company or electric vehicles and Cruise, what would the valuation be on the street? It could be 20 billion, right? 30 billion. Look! Look at the way they're valuing all the other EV companies. Um, I mean, Neo, Josh, to your point, Neo is worth more than GM right now. Does that make any sense that Neo is worth more than GM? No. Right. No. And I'm not even going to use the T word, but that's a 450 billion dollar company that just got added to the S and P, the largest company ever to be added to the S and P for the first time. So if, if GM Were viewed more like that. So I'm not saying that multiple is justified, but like, I think the gap should close between the two and maybe one is too expensive, but one is probably too cheap. And it takes time for the street to come to that realization. But that's why you use technicals because you wait for that moment when you see people starting to pick up on that. You don't want to be waiting for that to happen. So that's the music to your ears. Joel, Joel loves Joel lost. What's his your technicals. favorite
4: technical? I, I mean, are, you know, I mean, you talk about mm. breakout. You're looking on the daily, weekly, monthlies. What do you I mean, we're pretty simple here with what we look at. Do you have any favorite technical patterns?
1: I only care about uh weekly closing prices. Nice. Because I'm I'm not a you know, I'm not an intraday guy. Um so so what what I'm look what I'm looking for is reasonable RSI, something between fifty and seventy. For, for an entry, for an entry, something between 50 and 70. And I want stocks at or near weekly closing highs. And I really, really, really love bases, big, 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 fat, juicy bases. And that's what you have in GM. And when I find a base that's mul- multiple years and a stock getting toward the upper end of that, and then I read about the company and I see that there's been some shift in the fundamentals that is, is a reason to just, let me show you something. Pull up gap stores, GPS. Sure. I'm not in this. I'm not in this yet. Cause I'm an idiot. I saw this. But happening. you wear, but you wear all gap clothes. Clearly. Um, I'm not, I'm not in this yet because, um, wh- which one are we looking at? Which I pane? just put, yeah,
4: GPS right. is coming up in a second.
1: All right. So let's focus on this one in the top, right? Okay. First of all, you could draw a very, uh, perfect diagonal line along the lows. And you see that this is just a beautiful uh, uh, higher lows situation since the summer, right? In that top pane.
4: Okay. Uh, okay. How far back do you want to go for those lows? I mean, you got three lows right here.
3: I think he's um, looking long term. He's looking at that longer- trend. You can see the uh, very clear
1: uptrend here. Yep. So, yep. so what you want to think about now is so, all right. So now you have a stock that. This sells at 0.5 times sales. Lululemon sells at 11 times sales. They're, they do the same thing. What, 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 what is behind that disparity? Well, Lulu has done an incredible job capturing a customer base that continues to order all the time, loves their app, loves the store, loves the omni-channel experience, and they uh, make a lot of money on the stuff they sell, great margins. It's actually one of the only apparel retailers that you could say anything good about. Gap Stores has 60 million customers buying their stuff uh, every month. There are very few companies with 60 million active customers. All they have to do is change the narrative on the street about, about are, they, are they customers or are they users? If they call them users, you'd get a valuation boost right away. Um, Lululemon has been able to do that. The woman who now runs Gap Stores was running Old Navy and turned it into a monster. And they were, before the pandemic, about to spin Old Navy off. That was the plan. Yep. And they were going to unlock Cheryl. The-, the pandemic hit, and they said, um, her name is Sonia Singal. They said, wait a minute. We're not, spin- now we- we're not spinning off Old Navy. You are taking over the whole thing. You're the CEO now. They- she made her the CEO on March 23rd. Literally, with the stock market right down 40%. Oh, wow. That's the bottom of the market. So they, they said, you're in charge. She is crushing it. She is crushing it, okay? Wow. So what's happening with this stock, uh, you had this really, really long period where it did absolutely nothing, right? Years and years and years and years. No, no progress, no momentum, no, nothing good to talk about in the story. Um, so you've got this fundamental change now and them getting better in omnichannel. them getting better at the app, them improving the the quality of the clothing and taking on Lulu. And this could become a growth stock and it's selling at 0.5 times sales. So you don't even have to pay up for the the privilege of making that bet. You're basically, you're buying a a dirt cheap stock where good things are starting to happen, but the street is only now realizing it. So you see eight straight months of, of, of this stock starting to move up. And I think it's very, very early in that story. So I'm not in it yet that's like an example of the way I marry technicals and fundamentals to try to find interesting things to be involved with. All right. Great, great answer. Now it's nine 15. So
5: we Josh has to run. And we um, just, I want to say Josh talk about GM gap. We had a bunch of other stuff. We got to bring you on more often. I mean, the chat is going crazy. Right, what, are you guys and- do, what
1: are you guys doing tomorrow? <laughs> Um. see I, We'll come this. on for you, Josh. You want to do this. it? We'll do all it.
5: All right, <laughs> Josh, so coming on all work Saturdays. Guys, thank you guys. For I, it. I Wait, really no, appreciate no. it. Jo- Josh, Josh, you, you can't go yet. We have, we're doing the contest. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're giving two books away, signed by Josh. And the, um, the, I do want to give the book away. There's this guy in the group in the chat. His name is Josh B. That's his chat name. He should get a book, but we're not, we can't do it that way. Here is the first question. Here is the first question. So well, we're there's, giving only, one, there's only one question I thought. You're right. There's two the signed copies, left. though. <laughs> I, I, I yeah, mean, I, only one I, may, yeah. maybe the, maybe the second is the one who has the most interesting tweet that I see with hashtag benzing or something. But go ahead to the first question, Bruce. Okay. Spencer. Well, Take it the, away.
2: The only, the only question. The, the first two people that can email the correct answer to jason at benzinga.com will
5: get two oh, that's signed fair.
2: copies. That's the, fair. Question, the question is, Josh Brown was in Billions. He made a guest appearance in Billions. No, not what? just a
5: guest appearance. He, he was like a reoccurring. He's All like right. the main character. <laughs> yeah, right. No. What
2: did – he, he, he cameoed as, as a consultant, right? What, what as myself. Did
0: jo- as himself. R-
2: right, 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 right. But you were you were advising – anyway, what did Josh Brown talk about yeah. on Billions? That's the mm. question. What did yes. Josh Brown talk about – On his first on- appearance. His first appearance uh, on Billions. Email jason at benzinga.com. The first two Perfect. people will get signed copies of How I Invest My Money – uh, finance experts reveal how they save, spend, and invest by Josh
1: Brown. Josh, we appreciate right. your time today. Thanks a lot. Thank you guys so much. I, I, I really appreciate you having me on, and I would love to come back sometime. Thank you, Jason. Thank Fantastic. you,
4: everybody.
1: Thank right. you, guys. Thank Great you.
4: insight, Josh. Thank you.
1: Thank yep. you. All right. All right.
5: All right. Um, so, by the way, Josh, uh, Joel talked about Gap, and when I was in college, I used to love Gap because the old CEO, he was like one of these like celebrity CEOs does the chat know who the old uh, CEO celebrity was do they remember who it was I just wanted to ask that um, starts with the first name starts with an M and his last name starts with a D and I used to love this guy all day no Mickey, Mickey Drexler I when I say I had a man crush Dennis, I had a man crush of this guy. He, I had his picture on my wall in my dorm room uh, from a Forbes magazine. Okay. And I still had no, my wife threw away the magazines. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I, I, I had a collection of, ma- she, I was a collection of magazines. <laughs> she was jealous. <laughs> she was jealous. I'm putting Mickey Drexler on the wall. And by the way, then he went to like J crew and like all fumbled and it all was bad. But I like, this is where I would like, glorify. I mean, I still do glorify these leaders sometimes, but I would really glorify them. And like think they like, you know, put on their clothes differently than we do. And so I'd be really intimidated and put that stuff on the wall, but yeah, it was Mickey Drexler. That was it. So, what do you All guys right. think of Josh?
3: That was great.
2: That great. was
5: fantastic. Hey, took some um, notes.
3: It's funny he wasn't on the show like five years ago, but he didn't remember. We were just small time then. Yeah, I, I know. You like t- you like
5: told him, "I'm like, ah, oh, he not I was like, and, "You're on, you're Joel, on." Joel, what what was I going to when you asked your technical question? I thought it was a great question because he had some really good answers to it. And he I like, and, and he he owns his losses. He owns his gains. And honestly, guys, he's one of the funnier guys. There's like a 10 minute edition of him. Like uh, he's done our FinTech awards for six years. And there's like a five, like uh, he has these renditions that are just so funny. When we get another video editor, we should just do like a comedy thing of it, but we should have him more off on more often. We should do once a month or I don't know, whatever. We'll figure it out. But whatever he wants. oh, and, and by and the you know way, I, bu- I meant to say on the damn show, I forgot to say, it cause I want to I bought like 30 of his books. So we're going to give away a lot more. But just these are these are going to be some signed ones. Have five awesome. copies, and then if you before you hang up, Spencer, if you tweet yep. out, if you tweet out, I don't know, or do, do we have a hashtag? or just hashtag Benzinga and like just say how much you love Joel Dennis and Spencer pre market prep. <laughs> I'll search for someone on Twitter if they do like at Benzinga. If you do at Benzinga, so I see it, I'll give another book away to someone does at Benzinga and talk about right. how much you love the show or something, or the YouTube or give a All link right. to the YouTube. Okay. Spencer, Spencer, just because you took the day off. Don't get mad at Joel and Dennis and I We're I'm trying to work. OK, I mean, Joel's working his ass off. He has his Michigan shirt on. I mean, that takes some balls to wear that today. OK, I mean, come on. All right. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'll see you guys later. I love you. Is Michigan playing this weekend? Yeah. At oh. Rutgers. Take. The oh, points. my God, we're going to get destroyed. All right. Take uh, the points. Uh, point. and, and wait, and guys, I, sp- I spent two hours with Dave point. Portnoy on Thursday two, or Wednesday, two hours. I got everything and anything. I will be bringing some of the unveilings here to the show. Next week. It's great. good stuff. Yeah. Next, week, right. next week. Next week. Because Spencer is about to go crazy. He wants to hang up so bad. It's unbelievable. I can't even believe this. Uh, I'm trying option to get an
3: expiration. Right. It's <laughs> option <laughs> expiration. I'm like, I'm like panicking. We're getting close here. All right. Jason's, <laughs> all
2: right. Jason's gone. I got go to I'm leaving
3: too. It's option
4: expiration.
2: We're all good luck, leaving. We're all leaving. Joe, what do you want to Bro,
4: say? I just want to say keep an eye on that pre market high that's right there with yesterday's high. It's right. 82.75. That's the key to hitting 3,600 today. I'm out. Great show. Jason, thanks for bringing uh, Josh on. That was a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll just sign off and say, everyone hit that like button. We appreciate Please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. I need a, I need a nap, nap back too. Back everyone back. have a good rest of your day. We'll be on with you at 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.